Welcome to the PA Sprint Series podcast, where we talk about race saver sprint cars and showcase the drivers, teams, and history of the most competitive sprint car series in the country. I'm Stephanie Dodson, former driver and current announcer for the series, and I'm joined by Rod Ort, Regional Director. Coming up on this show, we'll again quickly review race results from other Race Saver series, highlight some of our own PA Sprint Series drivers, and talk with guest Kyle Keen, driver of the 17K out of Carlisle, PA. Welcome to the show. We are at the recap portion of the show and joining us again now on a weekly basis, Frank Berman, our, our uh, appointed historian and researcher uh, for the PA Sprint Series and for filling us in on what's happening around the country. So Frank, thanks so much uh, for coming back and we're looking forward to this race report. Well, thank you, Stephanie. Rod, good to be here. Uh, before I give you the results, I wanted to just say real quickly a little bit about in gathering these this week, how I realized how fortunate we are in Pennsylvania to be racing. Mm-hmm. Because I think there were three or four of the different series around the country that did not run this week because of COVID-19 restrictions at the track. Mm-hmm. Some of them have not been able to run at all this year, some of the series and some of them, like the Texas Sprint Series, have been running. And as you know, they've had an increase again in problems down in Texas. And they ramped up the restrictions again. And so they were not able to run at the track where they were scheduled uh, this weekend. So I don't know that, that too many of the series around the country have gotten as many races in as we have. And, and you know, we're all human beings. We're not happy unless we've got something to complain about. And we had plenty to complain about while there wasn't any racing going on, but now that we're running, uh, we're lucky people. We should really know that. Yeah, we are really fortunate here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, in, in our nearby regions, we had a couple of races over the weekend. Uh, Laurel Highland Sprint Series was back at Clinton County Speedway again on Friday night. And once again, Dale Schweikert took home the win. This time he finished ahead of Jared Zinkowski, Dylan Proctor, Greg Dabrowski, and Scott Lutz. And if some of those names sound familiar to people who follow Pennsylvania Sprint Series racing, uh, you go a little farther down in the field and you get John Walt, Garrett Baird, Cruz Kepner, a couple of our rookies, Andrew Boyer and Chris Kreider were there, and, and guys like Ryan Lynn and Reed Thompson, who regularly run with both groups. So uh, it was a pretty, uh, a pretty familiar crowd to us and it in fact included a couple of the New Jersey racers who have run with us. Christina Pratt and Brody Adamski were there. So, But Dale Schweiker two in a row at Clinton County. The uh, Mid-Atlantic Sprint Series, speaking of the New Jersey folks, finally got their season opened after the COVID-19 restrictions over that way. Uh, they had a race at New Egypt Speedway on Saturday night and Tim Tanner was the winner in that event. Kevin Nagy finished second, and your guest last week, Jeff Geigas, came home in third place with uh, Eddie Wagner, who you also, I guess, talked with, was seventh, and with uh, Mass starting its season as late as it was, I think about half the cars in the field had run races with us so far this year, so, but they got it going. Uh, none of our other kind of adjacent series ran, Allegheny Sprint Tour, 
didn't have a race this weekend. They will try next weekend to get things going at Michael's Mercer Speedway. It's kind of their home track. Uh, the Virginia Sprint Series was scheduled to run at Natural Bridge Speedway. That race was canceled because of COVID-19 restrictions. And the Carolina Sprint Tour does not race again until the end of this month, July 25th. Elsewhere in uh, race saver action, though, the Ohio Thunder Sprint Series was at the 35 Raceway Park in Frankfurt, Ohio. Uh, Justin Clark was the winner in that race. He's won a couple now this year. Mm -hmm. The Indiana Sprint Series uh, was at the Terre Haute Action Track, a really well-known speedway, and they were in support of a World of Outlaws show there. Thomas Meserol, who has visited this area with the USAC Sprints, I believe, was the race saver winner. And he finished ahead of Jordan Welch, Edley Starrett, Ethan Barrow, and John Painter Jr. And we should also say, since we're located in South Central Pennsylvania, that Logan Schuhart won the Outlaws race <laughs> that night. And uh, actually led the whole way, really put on a show. The Indiana Sprints had been scheduled to run Friday night at Bloomington Raceway, but that was yet another race that was lost to the COVID-19 restrictions. Out uh, in Kansas, the United Rebel Sprint Series had a two-day show called the Wheat Shocker Nationals at RPM Speedway in Hayes, Kansas. Uh, Ty Williams took the checkered flag on uh, Saturday ahead of Jason Martin and Kobe Walters. Martin was the hard charger, by the way, which is good to remember because on Sunday night, he came back and won the race. Mm -hmm. Taylor Velasquez and Shane Sunquist finished second and third in uh, the Sunday racing, and Ty Williams, Saturday night's winner, finished fifth. The Southern United Sprints, who run in the eastern part of Texas, don't, did not have a race this past weekend but uh, they have one next weekend at Texana Speedway, and they've got a pavement race coming up, actually, at uh, Houston Motorsports Park. There was a lot of discussion there about the tire package, and uh, I think the, the series is actually selling asphalt tires at a discount to get people to come out and race. Mm -hmm. uh, Sprint Series of Oklahoma, Sprint Series of Nebraska, no races scheduled, but in at Eagle Raceway in... Uh, in Eagle, Nebraska, Joey Danley was the winner of the 25-lap feature over Trevin, Trevor Grossenbacher, the previous week's winner, and Mike Boston. Eagle, is, of course, uh, runs without a region uh, or without a regional series. The West Coast uh, still waiting on COVID-19 restrictions to be able to run out there. And kind of the worst news of all this week was for folks up in Minnesota because the Minnesota Sprint Series was scheduled to open this weekend. That race was canceled. The track also canceled a date later in the season for them, and they decided that put them down to only two or three races on their schedule, so they just called it quits. And uh, yeah, they apparently will still run one race in late August, but um, otherwise, kind of a sad deal. Rod, maybe we should call them and invite them down. They could get in some good racing here. Yeah, been a bit of a long drive, but um, yeah, it, it, again, we're fortunate because um, you know I, I was thinking, wow, geez, it's almost August, and then you start thinking about the end of the season, you know, coming up in August, and um, you know, for a lot of these guys that never really got started right, and it's ending. 
Um, so hopefully we, we can continue to race, but uh, obviously around the country, it's been a struggle. Yeah, nobody knows where things are going. And, and all we can say is every week we get to the track and get a race in is a good week. So we'll hope that uh, some more of our friends around the country get to race next week. And if they do, we'll tell you about it. Great. Well, thanks. Good. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> in Pennsylvania, Frank, um, you, you didn't get out to this one, but I know you were following along. Um, we had a good night at Seals Grove this past weekend, but we did have a rain delay, but they put in a lot of uh, work and really committed to getting, getting the track race ready, uh, which they did. It, so it just made for a late night, but we still had a good show. And um, Ken Duke, uh, Seals Grove native, uh, won his first of the year there. Um, and, you know, he was last year's IMCA national champ and the PA Sprint Series champ. Um, and so this year kind of took him a little bit longer to get that first win. Um, but he got that done and we had a lot of uh, big movers through the field. Um, Jake Fry, uh, a rookie last year, went from 15th up to fourth at Seals Grove. Uh, Devin Adams, who last year was a big mover in the feature multiple times came from 11th up to third. Um, and then Doug Dotson, he finished uh, second for his second week in a row and had caught uh, Ken Duke in lap traffic, um, but never enough to, to pass him there. So Ken Duke led all the way. And Rod, I know we also had some other guys um, that had some good runs. Yeah, um, just just of note there, I, I, uh, Jake Fry had a, a heck of a move there right at the end of the uh, feature, I thought was really cool. And, um, uh, you know, Doug uh, did a did a good job, another exciting race for them. So it was definitely, definitely good. Um, in uh, Victory Lane, Ken Duke said some really nice things about the quality of racers in the PA Sprint Series. And I think that needed to be said, and it really was borne out by the things you're talking about right now. That was a fast track, it was a tough track, and look at the amount of passing that our drivers were able to do. Uh, that's not done by somebody who can't race. There's yeah, some right. real people I, I, also, I also wanted to point out, I was uh, a couple of people who said to me during the rain delay, you know, why are we racing? Why, you know, why don't we go home? And, and I, I, I did ask, um, you know, Steve Inch, you know, I said, why, you know, it, it, it seems like, you know, there's not, a, the crowd was a little light and, and they, you know, they had a big, uh, you know, big ticket there. And I said, you know, what would compel you to run on a night like this? And he's like, I don't know when else we'd get to run it. You know, they just want to get a show in for the racers and the fans. Um, and they, so they stuck with it. Um, and it's a really hard decision to make for the racetracks. Well, and I think that, you know, I, I look at, you know, the drivers in attendance, not only for us uh, that night, but also in some of the other uh, divisions that were running at Seals Grove. And you had drivers that were traveling, I mean, five hours, four hours to race in addition to, you know, whoever came to support them or the fans. So I think it was nice that they put in that effort um, because people, people were there. And while it made for a late night, at least they got the opportunity. Yeah, logically, I thought, oh, why, you know, why bother? You know, it just seemed like it was going to take so long. 
Um, so, you know, I, I would be wrong there because it, it wasn't a dangerous track. It did take some time um, and we finally did get the race. So, uh, you know, all's well ends well. It, it's not always a perfect situation. And, you know, when we race on dirt and the weather. <laughs> right. Well, you and got would... fans there. You've got those fans there who came to see a race. And if you send them home without a race, when it's possible to do one, are they as likely to come back next time? Correct. I think the promoters are kind of keeping an eye on the, the, the big picture and uh, the long picture when they do that. And like you said, it's, it's a tough call either way, but uh, certainly the fans that saw good racing Saturday night are a whole lot more likely to come back to Sealands Grove for other shows this year. Yeah. And we also had some, you know, some uh, teams that were really pleased with their runs, like uh, Ron Orand, he came from 22nd up to 12th, you know, another big mover, and uh, Fred Arnold and Will Brunson, they both uh, were heat race winners, I believed. So I think, you know, in all, I think there was a lot of happy drivers. <laughs> Yeah, Brunson was really excited to pick up that um, heat race win, and and I got to watch. Uh, you know, Angela's been doing some interviews and stuff, and I got to see, um, you know, Fred and and uh, Will and and Jeremy. You know, got to see those guys all uh, do interviews, and I thought, you know, I think it's a really neat aspect to have her down there, um, getting their thoughts on that, and you know, an opportunity to to see them. Um, you know, when they've you know had a good run, it's pretty neat. Yeah, I agree, because I don't get a chance to look at them on race night, but then during the week I get to catch up and I enjoy hearing hearing from them. Well, we got to pick up our game to, you know, keep up with mass. Those guys are, you know, they're making us look bad on the social media. So. <laughs> yeah, they're very good at what they do. Well, they ran their uh, heat races, streamed the heat races. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, we were watching their heat races. Uh, they were, I think they were about done before we got started with everything. <laughs> so... Yeah. Well, right. also picking up the B main win was Kyle Keene, who we're actually going to talk to later on in this episode. Yeah, it'll be good to hear from Kyle. All right. Well, uh, thanks again, Frank. Thank you all, and we'll see you next week. Sounds good. Our guest this week is driver Kyle Keene of the number 17K of Carlisle. Kyle, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. So, Kyle, um, you're somebody who came to mind because last year you were a green to racing rookie. Um, you know, you had, but every single week, solid laps, always represented yourself well. Uh, you ran 24 races, I think, last year, got married somewhere in between, I think. Um, <laughs> And then this year, you're off to a strong start, um, only nine races in and already three top tens. Uh, things seem to be moving in the right direction. How does it feel for you? Uh, it feels pretty good. Um, obviously, you know, I want to have more than three top tens, um, but uh, I think we're moving in the right direction. It's, um, it's a lot of work, you know, there's a lot of really, really competitive fast guys in our, in our division. So it's, um, it's uh it's a struggle sometimes when when you have this, these type of fast guys. So um, you always got to be on your A game. And um, I'll throw this out there for some of my past guys that know I complain about my pill draw song. So, <laughs> but um, no, it's uh, it, it's it's great. Um, I didn't know um, when I first started last year how I would do. I, I knew that I knew that um, I thought I had the talent. 
to run up front um, with some of these guys. And um, I think it's, it's starting to show some. It's just, um, you know, like anything else, it just takes time. So I'm just trying to take it one race at a time. Yeah, for that's, sure. That's not well, bad coming from no experience to, um, you know, being competitive. You would think, you know, with the with the help you have, the experience that you have behind you, that it might make it easier. But in the the you know the field that that we have and the experience that those guys have, um, it's uh, it's not so easy to get into the mix. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, it, it, it's fun because, like, you know, I I remember um, one of the first races last year where I, I started passing some race cars. Like, I, um, you know, I passed a couple guys that had been racing for a long time and I was in my car like oh my goodness like I'm, I'm passing this dude like I couldn't believe this so um yeah it, it's it's been a lot of fun and you know some of the guys I've passed I have a lot of experience you know I, I appreciate how far we've come in such a short amount of time so hopefully we can uh, keep moving forward you I think you're doing a really nice job I mean I you know, as an announcer, I I'm, I'm get to watch everybody every single week, and I see you putting solid laps down, and I think, you know, we do have some really, really tough competition here in Pennsylvania, and I think it only makes everybody better, um, and I saw, you know, you've also visited, I think, Roaring Knob and Bedford, perhaps this season, and you've had really strong runs there as well, not to mention, you know, at Sealands Grove, like one of our first races of the season, I think you were, I don't know if you were in the top five or three or lead and then ha unfortunately had to cut your night short right didn't something like that happen yeah I was I was running second Doug and um you know I I, I saw him down the back stretch and um was trying to rip him in and I got with him in another lap car and I could feel my right rear really starting to give yeah. away and I, and I knew it because I I could really feel the tire grinding mm -hmm. um but I was just so amped up to, to try to get that win uh, I just too hard on it for too long. And, you know, unfortunately it gave out, I, I don't know if it would stayed, we had that caution. Um, I don't know if it would have stayed up to finish off the race or not, but uh, I was really starting to lose it. So, um, yeah, that was disappointing, but you know, it just shows that we can run up front and stay up front if we start up front. So um, just got to do better in our heat races to get there. Right. Yeah. Um, now one thing, you know, you're, your name, your last name is very recognizable in racing, you know, with your grandfather, Jesse, um, owning cars for lots of, um, you know, top-notch drivers in the area, including your dad, Sean. Um, you know, it seems like you kind of were late to the mix. Like, um, you know, what, what made you finally decide to get into the driver's seat? Well, you know, I, I had been watching, you know, my dad race and I helped with my grandpa's team some, um, I guess I don't know really why I never tried to race. I, it, it's weird because I, I was around it my entire life and just never really had a drive to do it. And um, I, I was really heavily involved in football. And, um, you know, I, my expectation was to go to a fairly high-end um, football team in college, you know, Division One, AA or Division Two, And I had some offers, but um, it just didn't work out uh, the way I thought it would. Um, they brought some scholarship guys on, and I wasn't a scholarship player for my position. So um, I got booted, basically without even getting a chance to get pads on. Um, so that was disappointing. But, um, you know, it's funny how it makes full circle because uh, my grandpa passed away. And, you know, that was a, a pretty big heartbreaker for me because um, that year he had Brian Lepo and there was a lot of pretty bad expectations. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I was really looking forward to being with the team more. That was my senior year in uh, high school. So you know, I was planning on going on the road with those guys that summer. Um, but unfortunately, I had to come to an end. So um, I got into iRacing, weirdly enough. And, you know, how this all comes together is I, I decided one day I was really – I was winning a lot on iRacing. And I know, you know, some people will say it's a video game and some guys say it's a simulator. Um, but – I was winning a lot and I just decided like, Hey, like maybe I do have some ability behind the wheel. And the only, I guess the only way I'm really going to find out is if I just buy one. So, um, we just went and got one and, uh, here we are. <laughs> wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. Cause, um, I remember reading an article after your grandpa passed away and your, your dad, you know, said that it was going to take some time before he got involved with racing again. And it, it sounds like it did come full circle again. And now he, your dad gets to do it with somebody, you know, who he's very close with, obviously with you and it's still a family ordeal. Um, and that's pretty cool. I, I didn't know you were a football player, but it's definitely hard to do sports and racing at the same time. And, yep. um, I don't know, Rod does some eye racing. I don't do any eye racing, but <laughs> I've heard it very it. much. Yeah. I, I said it a million times, and that uh, when that uh, eye racing takes a thousand bucks out of your pocket just because you brushed a wall, um, you know it'll be realistic. But yeah, yep. it definitely I, I'm I'm bad at that as well. Um, you know, you mentioned about the the history with the the Keen gang there. Um, I don't Stephanie, I don't know if you know. Maybe Sean, you might not even know. But when I first came to get involved with this group in 2002, 2003, we were meeting at the Keene Speed Shop um, yeah. down at, at Corral is where they would have their meetings. Um, so, you know, there's a, a talk about the Wayback Machine, you know, almost 15, 20 years ago, uh, we were we were meeting back there, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I, I hear a lot about the Speed Shop. <laughs> yeah. I did not yeah. know that. So Kyle, once you decided that, you know, to give it a try, what made you then choose us, you know, the IMCA Race Saver Sprints? Well, I just, you know, I've watched sprint cars my entire life. Um, and, you know, people have called me a sprint car snob. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't been, um, I obviously love sprint cars. So I didn't think that micros were necessarily for me. Um, I didn't think go-karts were either. I felt, um, you know, I felt that 410s, 358s, 360s were too much of a jump. And, you know, there was a lot of times, like especially Port Royal, when Pass would be there, I'd be watching from the infield. I'm like, man, I think I could do that. Like, I, you know, I, I just, I really thought that's something I could handle, you know, get a, get a start in and, and, and race with and, and be with these guys. Um, so, that's kind of how it all started really. It's just, um, just uh, basically stand there at defense think, thinking I can do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, like why the race saver sprints over like the other 360s, 358s, you know, why did you feel like that was more appropriate for you, I guess? Um, just from the financial standpoint, um, I felt that was the best way to go. Um, you know, not as hard on tires, obviously motors don't cost as much. Um, you don't have all like the trick gadgetry that some of the that you start going to those type of classes have. Um, so I felt from uh, my budget that um, that was the the most that I could handle, and, um, and I, I still agree with that statement. Or I still agree with that now. So um, it's exactly what I was expecting. Nice. 
Yeah, I think that's a, a reason why the class is so large and popular here in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, a sprint car that's um, budget friendly -er than most racing, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you also do a really nice job of uh, promoting yourself and your sponsors, you know, um, with car shows and just on uh, social media. Um, is that something that you learned in college or just something that you kind of taught yourself um, to make this more affordable for you? Um, it's just kind of like a various of different things. You know, college can only take you so far. Um, sometimes you just got to have it, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, I just watched a lot of guys that are successful at it and how they handle themselves, um, how they handle their sponsors and um, just try to take a similar approach, you know, um, you know, what a lot of guys I think struggle with is the fact that you got to handle your race team as a business and not necessarily as just slapping a sticker on. So, um, you know, if you can get, if you can give them some kind of an idea that they're going to get a return on giving you, you know, let's say $5,000 and you can equal that or greater, um, you know, that's, that's attractive. And, you know, the only way to do that nowadays seems like through social media, um, it seems like there's a lot of people on there and there's a broad audience. So you can reach a lot of people. Um, you may not be able to reach, you know, let's say from one track. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about how you, how you decide to handle it. So. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before that one of the expectations is that, um, you know, the, you know, how much money is in the purse for us to keep racing and, and really the purse is, uh, you know, a base it's, it's not a, you know, it's not intended to, to be the revenue. Um, and of course the fans have to pay the purse. So, you know, if you're competitive, if you're the ability to be competitive, then you can uh, promote yourself, get sponsors. And, and that's, what's, that's what's gonna help you, uh, you know, pay the bills. And you know, you're doing it right by using social media, extending what you're doing, reaching out to, uh, to the public, doing a good job for your sponsors. So, you know, uh, one thing benefits the other and, and you're able to keep racing. Um, you know, our job is to, is to keep it economical so that, uh, the, the base is, uh, affordable and, uh, you can go out and use your talent on the track and off to do a good job. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice to eventually, you know, my, my entire goal with, um, you know, the sponsorships is basically for the car to pay itself. So where, you know, I'm not, you know, dumping my own, a lot of my own personal money in, but I'm still doing a good job in making, you know, the sponsors that give me the money, give them more money or, or some type of return. So, um, you know, it, that's just one of those things. Yeah. It's no matter what type of racing you do, it's expensive. You know, you have consistent expense, um, you know, between your pit passes, your tires, your fuel, you know, if you bust anything up. So, um, I mean, it's basically, it's a sprint car just, you know, with a, with a smaller motor. So, um, you have, you have your general racing expense and that's something that I try to cover through other means other than, um, through my own pocketbook. So. It's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, um, your wife agrees. Yes, she does very much. So <laughs> she cringes every time I go to the park store. <laughs> so Kyle, what's a plan for the rest of the season for you then? Uh, just keep racing away. Um, follow the past schedule. Um, you know, we're going to hit some other stuff here and there like Bedford. And, um, we, we tried, we wanted to go out to Lernerville this year, but with, um, you know, the COVID and all that, I don't know if that's going to be 
doable. It's mm. a long trip. So, um, you know, we'll probably just look at the past schedule and hit some things here and there and uh, just see if we can uh, stay in the top 10, maybe get a top five points finish this year. So yeah, that's a goal of mine. Um, if not, yeah, it is what it is. It's been a, it's been a different year for sure. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I think you're doing a good job so far. Um, I, and hopefully we'll have um, enough opportunities that everybody's, uh, you know, going to get that, uh, that night when they put it all together. You know, I, I always say my favorite uh, driver is the one that hasn't won yet. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's always good to see new face in victory lane. And fortunately, um, we've mixed it up a bit so far, so. Absolutely. Well, Kyle, it looks like you're um, well on your way to meeting those goals, and um, we'll see you at the track uh, this weekend. Are you going to be at Port, or? I'll be at Port Royal, so. Yeah. Okay. All right, Sounds we'll good. see you there. Thanks for joining us. All right, thank you, guys. Thanks. It was great to catch up with Kyle Keene. He's been uh, putting some solid laps down. And like our previous guest, um, Nick Swaggart, both um, young and really do a nice job uh, representing themselves and their sponsors. Yeah, I think, um, I think they're a good example of how it can work for us in the series here. You know, um, I don't want people to think, you know, we're not asking for more money. We're trying to get more money. But when we roll into the tracks, especially around here, uh, we're a support division. Um, they have a primary division most places, um, and uh, you know we're the support. Even if uh, even if the primary division's away, a lot of times they'll have another regular division. And if they pay us more, they're afraid they'll lose cars to uh, from that division to our division. So, um, you know, we come in at a at a reasonable uh, purse. And as you know, Stephanie, we've been. Uh, asking the tracks to pay us more when we have more cars, they pay in the B main, mm -hmm. um, so that uh, everybody gets gets a share of it. But you know, the idea is that you're going to have an opportunity to put your uh, sponsors in front of people, and you're going to be competitive, um, just as these guys are doing. Uh, they're doing a good job for their sponsors. Um, the prime example, you know, this this weekend we get to go to Trailway on Friday. Um, where they get exposed to some different fans and um, different people following on them on social media. Um, and then on Saturday, we're at Port Royal, and they didn't take us off that show because uh, we've been exciting and supportive of, the, of Port Royal. And, um, you know, another example where you're going to get in front of a really good crowd, uh, hopefully if they don't shut the racetracks down, um, you know, an exciting crowd um, to, you know, do a good job in front of your fans, TV, uh, national exposure. So Yeah, for sure. Because, like, I think it's the, the all-star show with the Weikert Memorial. And I know that's – I know a lot of people are planning on going. Yeah. And you look at these guys. I know I saw, like, Nick posting, you know, uh, you know some fans or, or supporters – I'll buy him a tie or something, and that goes a long way. It's not, uh, you know, not necessarily a situation where we always have to ask the fans to spend more money so they can pay us to to do our job. Um, you know, we get out there, we race, and try to keep it economical, but get some sponsors. <laughs> yeah, for sure, definitely helps. All right. Uh, yeah. So, and, and thanks to Frank for uh, filling us in again, and. Um, with that, thanks for letting us come out to play.